The Tumbling Saber podcast is powered by our powerful friends. Become a powerful friend for just a couple dollars per month and get exclusive podcasts, early access podcasts, random prize draws, contests, newsletters, and more. Visit patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Welcome back to Journals of the Willing. It has been a minute. It's been a couple of months since we've been back talking about Star Wars comic books and novels and what have you. Uh, a little bit of a lineup change this week, actually going forward. I'm still here. I'm still Kyle. But with me now and going forward is the wonderful Elaine. Hi, Elaine. Hello. How's it going over there? Oh, Wonderful. That's awesome. And so you might be asking yourself at this point, where's Steve? Well, Steve has had to step away from the podcast for a while. Uh, things like real life priorities, jobs, you know, things like that get in the way. And um, yeah, Steve, Steve has chosen to temporarily or perhaps permanently step away from the podcast. And that, you know, that's unfortunate. I was looking forward to doing, uh, you know, Journals of, of the Willing as a, as a trio, but uh, for now, that is on hold. But I, I got to say to Steve, thank you, sir, for, for the time you've spent here with me on this show, reading and investing in comic books and uh, hashing it all out here. Thank you so much for, for all that you put into this. It is so much appreciated. And of course, the door is always open. But for now, Elaine and I will run with the ball. We got this, right, Elaine? Yes. Absolutely, we got this. We can do this. It's not so hard. I mean, what's what's easier than just reading a Star Wars comic and then talking about it? But let's let's talk it. Let's get into some of the things that you're reading currently. I mean, right now you, you're reading Darth Vader, which is we'll talk about that in, in a bit. But I believe you're also reading the Last Jedi novel. Yes. And I mean, I I, I think I listened to the audio book a, a while back, but this thing is this book is just so cool. Have you come across anything in the Last Jedi novel that wasn't in the movie for you, or wasn't in the movie, but for you, just rang your bell and just said, "Wow, like this makes so much more sense now," or "I I love what they did with this." Yeah. Uh, so um, I'm I'm not half quite halfway through it yet, but I like how it's more detailed about uh, some things, like for instance. Rose, Tico, and her sister kind of talks about them a little bit more, um, kind of shows their relationship because in the movie, you don't, you don't really get to see that. You just know that, you know, Rose is crying. She tells Finn, I lost my sister. But in the book, it talks about how close they were. And, and I, and I, re and I really like that because then that kind of gives you a better idea of how Rose's character started out and how she develops throughout the movie and her sister's death is, is like a catalyst for that. So I really like how the book just brings that to life in the beginning. So you can see that. Yeah. It really sets the stage for Rose's motivations throughout. Like in the movie, I think she's, I don't, I don't want to say she's an empty character, but there's, there's 
less of a foundation to her. And it's you, you have yeah. to really pay attention uh, to what's going on with the medallions to understand that, oh, these two are connected. And I mean, later she, she admits that it's her sister that died. But the book yeah. really, really fleshes that out. And it's, it's, really, it's really a nice read. And I think if, if that is something yes. that interests yourself and anybody else, like that, that sister dynamic, um, I think the, the book called Cobalt Squadron, I think really gets into their relationship mm-hmm. and they spend a whole lot of time together. So that's a book mm-hmm. that is, it's on my Amazon wish list, <laughs> along with about 50 million other things. Yeah. <laughs> and so I know, right? Uh, every, it, every week I just add to wish list. And I'm, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I doing this? I'm never going to get half of these. But I guess that's why they call it a wish list and not a will get list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let me ask you this. this is, in general, are you a I, are you a person like me that must read books in print? Or have you ever have you made the, the jump to either audio or digital? I don't, I, I have to read books in print. I like to feel yeah. the pages. <laughs> Between my finger, I even like going to the library. I enjoy ordering books off of Amazon. And when they come, I'm like, yeah, it's like the best day ever when, when I get a, a new book. <laughs> They're like trophies, right? This, yes. You're, you're going to read this thing. You'll get a certain amount of enjoyment out of it. And then it will sit on your shelf like a trophy forever. Exactly. <laughs> and every time you move, I know I, you have to box I them up. I have a big, huge library. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, since since Star Wars fired back up a few years ago, uh, my bookshelf in my basement, which is where I keep all my books, is com- is is overflowing now. Like book, mm-hmm. like there's no more vertically mm-hmm. lined books. Now they're just like laying flat, and I'm shoving them up on top of the other books. <laughs> they're it's it's becoming a total mess. I need another bookshelf now. It's it's uh, getting yeah. hairy over here. <laughs> so you you're. Just to give people a bit of a background from from where you are and where you came from. Uh, so with Michelle, who joined us on the main show about a month ago, it's we owe, we owe your presence here to, again, Devin and Eve from Unmistakably Star Wars. Uh, they really should be charging yeah. me a premium for some kind of headhunting <laughs> service because right off the hop, Devin and Eve delivered. <laughs> and Michelle and Elaine came, came my way. And the rest is history. Yeah. So obviously, Elaine, you're a huge Star Wars fan, and um, here we are. We're going to be talking yeah. about Star Wars on the printed page. I'm looking forward to it. But thanks for answering the call, and um, I'm looking forward no to. No problem. Looking, thanks for having me. Oh, it's my it's absolutely my pleasure, and I'm looking forward to this new phase of Journals of the Willing. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So as we do on this podcast of late, we have. Uh, We've talked almost exclusively about Darth Vader, and I feel like I'm cheating a lot of the other stuff, but this book has mm-hmm. been so good that I can't help it. it it's, it's almost like every yeah. month, it's just almost been a must read for, for everybody. I mean, I, I'm trying to implore people who are not yet into the comics, you gotta read this. If you loved Clone Wars, the, the animated series... Mm-hmm. You will love this book. If yes. you loved the prequels, especially Revenge of the Sith, yes. you will love this book. And if you love Darth Vader, I mean, the, Charles Soule, the writer of this book, nails the character. It's uncanny how he's just gotten into this character, this world, this time frame, and brought it 
completely to life. It's it's unbelievable. So month in and month out, we've been talking about this this comic. And this current arc that we're in is absolutely fascinating. And it's the it's basically the Empire versus Mon Cala, who are pushing back against empirical tyranny. And so I, I know we skipped last month, so we did not talk about issues 14 and 15. Elaine, I'm going to take two minutes here and just breeze through 14 and 15, and then you and I could unpack issue 16. Does that sound good? Perfect. All right. So going back a couple months to Darth Vader 14, uh, saw the beginning of the Battle of Dax City, and it's just mesmerizingly, amazingly cinematic art by Giuseppe Camincoli here. So good. And we have we see a lot of surface battles uh, on the ocean. It's the stuff that you would that you would you would dream of in your wildest dreams, like at at walkers, ATSTs on platforms, perched in the middle of the ocean, Tie fighters flying around. It's crazy stuff. And we see uh, Vader leading a squad of of Inquisitors. We're starting to learn a lot more about these guys, and it's just it's unbelievable. And so, if you did you Elaine, did you watch Clone Wars? Yes. Awesome. So do you remember, you remember that episode, um, or actually it was more of an arc and it took place on Mon Cala. I don't remember the name of the arc, but it was underwater. It had, it had uh, Prince Lee Char, I think at that point. Uh, was that, yeah, that was it. So, and Padme was in those episodes and Ahsoka, Anakin, of course. And it had that big mm-hmm. separatist general guy who was basically a man shark. He was so strange looking, uh, but I guess it was Dave Filoni's way of working in a Jaws element to all this. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this this ties directly into that. So if you saw that arc, the, you'll feel right at home in, in this uh, current arc of Darth Vader. And what we see mm-hmm. is Lee Char and his people, uh, they, they won't be, or actually Lee Char is now king. He's graduated up from prince. Um his, he and his people will not be pushed around by the Empire. You know, they're trying to play ball somewhat with the Empire without completely rolling over. Um, but the Empire doesn't like that. It's, it's really an all-or-nothing proposition with, with the Empire. And what we learn in, in issue 14 is that Lee Char is getting secret help from a Jedi. Uh, and he's got a bunch of either knights or Padawans with them at this point. And Master, the Jedi's name is Master Bar. And he's explaining to his to his followers who Anakin is and what the Jedi believed about him. He knows that Anakin is Darth Vader. I don't know how he knew that. I thought that was a pretty guard, well-guarded secret that not even the highest-ranked Imperials mm-hmm. knew, but he knew. And there's a, there's a really cool line in the book uh, that talks about the state of the galaxy. And it says, it's he, Master Farr says, it's safer to believe the lie and so the lie becomes the truth. And I thought that mm-hmm. was really appropriate in all ways because we, the Empire has been vilifying the Jedi for some time now. And it's worked. I mean, the mm-hmm. Jedi at this point are fading into, into myth. And those who still know of them don't really trust them. So there's a nice connectiveness there from the movies. Yes. And as, a, as advisor to Lee Char, uh, Jedi Master Bar convinces uh, the Mon Cala king to take drastic action to knock the Empire out. And they unleash some 
massive creatures, huge, massive creatures from the depths of the sea that kind of fling up to the surface, fly up, and splash back down into the water, creating these massive tidal waves that wipe out everything on the surface. So that includes their own stuff, a lot of collateral damage, but mm -hmm. also wiping out all the Imperials, all the Adat walkers, all, everything is just wiped out. So you would think, you know, that's that's it. <laughs> the battle over. Um, and the issue ends really dramatically with Vader swept out to sea and kind of sinking down into the depths. Wild stuff again that you would never think that you would see in your lifetime. But here we are. And it's great stuff. I mean, overall, yeah. there's not a ton going on in this issue. It's more action than anything, which which is great. It's not a complaint or a knock. Um, but it's just that we know that there's a big mm -hmm. main event coming, or at least we feel it, that there's going to be Vader versus another Jedi. So that's the tease in this issue. Uh, it's 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 stupendous stuff. I loved it. Um, and then quickly into Vader 15, we open up with, with Vader still sinking and then engaging in battle with some giant squid. Again, just imagine that. Think about that. Darth mm -hmm. Vader against a giant squid underwater. This is wild stuff. <laughs> it is. Oh, what a world what we live in now. And then the, from there, the issue kind of takes us uh, on a bit of a Tarkin versus Akbar tone as these two leaders uh, butt heads and match wits and tactics. And uh, really, I mean, really quickly, again, this is a very fast paced issue with lots of action. Um, it ends with another epic move on the part of, of the Mon Cala, where Akbar takes out an Imperial landing platform. This is the Empire's answer to being washed out on the, the platforms is like they bring in these like floating platforms instead where a tidal wave can't reach them. But Akbar finds a way to take those out as well. And it's absolutely epic. I love seeing the, uh, hmm. Akbar get the upper hand on Tarkin. I love seeing Tarkin lose or at least get frustrated. Cause he's, he's always, like, who doesn't know Tarkin, right? He's always so frustrated or he's always so on top of things that he never gets frustrated. Right? Like he's just yeah. the tactical and strategic genius. <laughs> And um, yeah, yeah, it's it's nice to see that at this point in his arc, Tarkin is not the Tarkin we know from A New Hope. That is just all over everything. And for the second time in as many issues, the Imperials were not prepared for what the Rebels or the Mon Cala had thrown at them. And this is the, this this is not something to be taken lightly. But anyway, that's that's kind of really it for issue fifteen. Two issues that are light on plot. But heavy on action, great, great art. Like the the colors and the art are just so vibrant. They pop right off the page and put you right into the Clone Wars series. Um, yeah, the characters continue to feel right on the mark. And uh, again, I'm a big continuity nerd. And, <laughs> and so like having this so tightly connected to the animated series and to the films, it, it just scratches so many itches. It can, and it continues to make this title a must read. Absolutely. Yes. Month in, month out, this is the the one book I look forward to most. Whew, there we go. So that's issue 14 and 15 quickly. And now we can talk about issue 16. Oh, no, I, I should also say that issues 14 and 15 have some of the coolest cover art I've seen. Yeah. It is so, so neat. For, uh, issue 14 with uh, Vader's helmet poking out of the, the sea with, this red, yeah. with, with a red glow in his eyes. 
so awesome. And then issue 15 was Vader. Uh, I guess it looks like he's either stabbing with his lightsaber into the seafloor, or maybe it's a shot of him battling, battling the squid. Just so cool mm-hmm. and so well done. Anyway, into issue 16 we go, Elaine. This one is, again, okay. really, really cool. Um, things are amping up for Jedi Master Bar and his Padawans or his followers. I don't know. I, I wasn't able to f- figure out right away who these people were. Um, what did you get a sense? Like, what's your sense of these followers of his? Like, are they are they Padawans or are they just people who are resisting the Empire? What's your take on that? Yeah, that's that's kind of how I I felt. He he found them out and about. They had been infected by the Empire, and it was sort of you know, come help me. You can you you can avenge. Uh, your loved ones that you've lost or the you've lost your homes you've lost a, a sister etc etc follow me and we and we will you know fight the empire together it's kind of the feel that I got from it yeah like I felt like in it, for, at least for the first couple of, of Padawans like really the way this issue unfolds is that you know it's the first time we're really getting to spend any time with this little group of Padawans and it's really effective the way that Charles mm-hmm. Soule doled out the story in that uh, they kind of take off. They're in this underwater grotto and they know that Vader knows where they are. It's coming. So they're evacuating. Mm-hmm. And from there, it's sort of, it's almost like the movie Predator. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I saw that yeah. when I was like 10 years old <laughs> and it terrified me then. And even now to today, I still get the willies watching that movie. And it's kind of uh-huh. like that where one by one, these Padawans get killed in such a brutal way. And, and we'll touch back on yeah. that. But it's, it's, oh, it's, so, it's so cool the way he's, he's done it because we don't know these Padawans. Why should we feel anything for them? But as one inevitably gets picked off, we then spend some time with them flashing back into, yes. into how he recruited them. And, so we, and, and it's really, it's a one-page flashback. But in those flashbacks, yes. we learn so much. We learn... How they became recruited and what their motivation is. It's such effective storytelling. Yes, it is. So the first two people, the first two Padawans that went down, did you get a sense that during the recruiting of them that he was almost mind-tricking them to follow him? It's a tough one, right? Because it doesn't seem very Jedi-like to mind trick somebody into following yeah. them. But I, I look at that first panel when he says, follow me. And he's clearly got his hands like up in the, the Jedi mind trick pose in his face. Like it looks so much like he's waving his hand as in like, you will follow me. It's really bizarre. Yeah. I, 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 I... I see what you're saying, and I guess I just never really thought about that. Um, but no, now that I'm looking at it, I, I don't know if I, I'm I right guess or I not. Could... I really don't. I mean, it seems very unJedi-like to to do this to somebody. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but it, it it happens with the second person too. Where the the guy who looks more like a GI Joe than anything, he looks like Duke from GI Joe, and and his face. Yeah. At, at the bottom, again, 
Master Bar has his hands up in front of his face like he's waving his hand and doing the Jedi mind trick. And that bottom panel, all you need to do is follow you. And he's got this dopey look on his face as if he's just been sedated and, yeah. and brainwashed. It's really, really odd. I, But then again, that it's it really only happens to these two. I can't figure out the rest. It's strange. I think that's, I don't know if that's supposed to be open-ended. And you could, I bet you we could ask Charles Sewell. He's been, he's, yeah. every time I tweet him, he answers. Which is, which is really cool. He's been, uh, he, maybe he recognizes me by now. Cause every time he writes, whether it's Wolverine or the X-Men or even letter 44 from his independent title, I'm always tweeting him, Charles, this is so good. And he writes back all the time. Oh, yeah. He's a really nice guy. At least from the sound of it. Uh, and this this book, yeah. So we we get a con uh, more more um, another look at the uh, Tarkin versus Radis and Akbar angle, which is just so good. What a great rivalry that we never got to see on film, but here it is, right? Like, what a matching of wits. Uh, what did you What do you think? What do you make of this? Uh, pitting of of two really really strong person personalities and really high ranking members of the Empire and Rebellion. How do you how do you stack those two up against each other? <laughs> oh, that's that's a good question. Um, let's see, it is tough because we're we're both we're led to believe that they're like uh, not not invincible, but it's like the the immovable object versus the unstoppable force. It's like it, yeah. neither of these guys ever lose. Well, until Tarkin loses <laughs> very badly on the Death Star. Yeah. Oops. But it's it's so nice to see yeah. these these two forces of nature just pushing against each other and saying it's almost it's almost presented in, as a sport. Mm-hmm. There's there I think there's a scene. Yeah, in issue 16, where Tarkin comes to realize that, yeah, the Empire is winning all these battles, but there's too many battles. Like, they're, they're, they're splintering yeah. the Empire's forces. And I, I love this line from Tarkin. He says, and then there's Admiral Aratus. The king tasked him with the defense of the southern polar regions, and he has devised a strategy, strategy that is, well... I will give him his due. It is brilliant. <laughs> He's taken the the vessels of the merchant <laughs> fleet from the Mon Calamari shipyards near the pole and linked them together. And he goes on and on. But Tarkin is, is once again baffled by the, the strategy and the techniques of the Mon Cala. It's, it's amazing to see Tarkin in this position. We're always used to seeing him on top and he's in this. He's not. And it's, it's refreshing to see, frankly. Yes. All right. So where 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 should we go now? This I mean, this was a pretty packed issue. I think uh, it well, it highlighted uh, one thing that really got reinforced for me was Radis's love for battle. Remember, you remember Radis from Rogue One, where he says, "I I say we fight." Like he just wants to fight. <laughs> yeah. And that was underscored again in this where. Uh, where is it now? I gotta, I gotta find this Radis quote. Oh boy, don't you just love long pauses on a podcast? 
<laughs> Here it is. We've repelled the last attack, Admiral Radis. Shields still holding strong. Of course they are. <laughs> when do you think the Imperials will get tired of losing and just withdraw? You know, Commander, I almost hope they don't. I love that. Yeah, I like that part. I did too. I almost hope they don't. He's he's just ready. <laughs> he just wants to fight. And I love that that, that carried through um, from Rogue One all the way back into this. It's just perfect. And then the, the very next page gives us a visual that any any Star Wars fan who digs Revenge of the Sith should know very well. Uh, it's Darth Vader leading a battalion of Inquisitors and elite mm -hmm. uh, clone troopers. But it's it's sort of an aerial shot reminiscent of of Anakin Vader storming the Jedi Temple. Just it gave so me goosebumps. Good. Oh, it really did. It's it's yeah. so good. The way they plot out these books. I, I just tip my cap to these guys every single month. But we see a side of, of uh, Vader and Tarkin's relationship on this on this particular page where Tarkin asks Vader to do something. And Vader, of course, I, I guess it's important to note that at, at this still early stage of, of Vader's career, he's not really... Uh, he's not super well respected just yet. We went through that in a in a couple, uh, maybe four issues okay. ago. He's he's sort of building up his power base within the empire and gathering his respect. But he says, "I'm not subject to your authority." To Tarkin, and Tarkin goes, right. "Yeah, yeah, I'm not ordering you to do this. I'm asking for your help. We're trying to do something on behalf of the yeah. emperor here, and we can do this quicker if you hunt down the king." Which I thought was, that's a fascinating turn. Instead of having Vader chase down yeah. uh, <clears throat> the Jedi, he's left that, uh, Tarkin has requested that Vader leave that task to the Inquisitors. He entrusts Vader to, to a bigger task, which is capture the king, like any game of chess, take the king and end the game. Yeah. And he says something yeah. that I never thought I would hear Tarkin say. I would consider it a personal I favor. Did. I would be in your debt. Yes. Hmm. What did you What did you make of that? I know. I I was I was floored by that because I thought here's this you know big old old bad guy you know and you know I just thought it was just amazing that he was like you know if you just did this for me and it kind of made me wonder if you know the emperor wasn't you know breathing down on his neck you know and he was being uh, threatened and he he was kind of in a corner and so he he kind of had to resort to to get Darth Vader's help. Yeah, like he had, like he, I think you're right. I think there's there was pressure mounting on Tarkin because they've already been pushed back mm -hmm. really three times by these guys and there, there was no, yeah. really no end in sight. And it, it kind of harkens to uh, battles and wars that we see fight, being fought today where it's like, all, all these insurgents and terrorists that are, you know, the, the allied nations are really trying to root out hiding in mountains. You're never going to find them all. You'll splinter yeah. your, your forces way too, too much and spread yourself way too thin before you get them all. So it's, it's Tarkin, Tarkin taking a different approach and saying, the emperor is, I think you're right, Elaine. The emperor is kind of breathing down our necks mm -hmm. here. Uh, Vader, you need to do this instead. 
which is mm-hmm. which was a great turn. And I wonder if I know there's a lot of runway here between this particular issue and all the way to a new hope. But I wonder if mm-hmm. this scene uh, from a new hope where Vader gets Tarkin to agree to just let the Falcon go, let the princess, let these people go. Off, like leave, let, let them flee the Death Star and they'll lead us to the rest of the rebels. Mm. So I wonder if this scene is kind of where they where Tarkin builds up some trust with Vader. Yeah. I can see that developing here because obviously we don't have issue 17 in our hands yet, but I'm going to guess that Vader is successful <laughs> in capturing the King at some point. And, um, yeah, I think that I think Tarkin is going to look favorably upon Vader saying, I, OK, I can trust this guy and we can have this mutually beneficial relationship. Yes. So Vader agrees. He says, I'm, I'm going to do this other thing. You go and destroy the Jedi. And the Inquisitors almost feel like a bunch of bozos. They're like, OK, cool, man. We'll go get him. Don't worry. <laughs> We're almost like. Bros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're so strange. So at this point, there's just uh, Master Bar and two, uh, what are their names? There's just two two of his followers left, really. And very, very quickly cut down to one. It's a really brutal, uh, like really brutal death for one of these guys as, a, as an Inquisitor lightsaber comes spinning in and chops yeah. the guy right in half. Yeah, yeah. Like it was, it's pretty graphic. It's pretty gruesome. It is. It is. I, I think that was Darren. Was it <laughs> Darren. Darren that got cut? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. They. I mean, for all the creativity in these books, they call them Darren. <laughs> <laughs> now, now watch. I'll, we'll find out that Darren is like Charles Soule's son's name or something, and they or a pal of his, and he just. Oh. <laughs> it's an ode to his friend or family member. I'll, and I'll feel like a jerk. <laughs> but then, <clears throat> and then we get another flashback. And this one <clears throat> really got to me. It, it cuts back to the Clone Wars. And we see a young Darren uh-huh. about to get killed by a pair of super battle droids. And they're, they're chopped down. And there's, he's mm-hmm. saved by, who's that, Elaine? Anakin. Anakin. Yeah. <laughs> like Anakin in all his glory. It's wh- what a panel that is to see uh, between Revenge of the Sith and clone and, and attack of the clones. Anakin Yeah. peak of his Jedi powers. And he says, uh, he says, he says to Darren, you all right? Close one out there. What's your name? Oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm Darren. I'm Anakin. Find somewhere to hide. It's not safe out here. And he just leaps away. Jedi style. Yeah. So effective and it just cuts it just cut right through me. It nailed me right right in the feels. Yes. It did me too, and then I feel like had that never happened, maybe Darren wouldn't have been so willing to follow um Bar. Right, because he's yeah, there's there's reason for him to trust Jedi, right? Yeah. But, and I it's it's true because Early, I think in issue 14 or 15, like I was going up, mentioning off the top of the show, uh, Darren should know that the guy who saved him 
is the guy who's now hunting him. And that's got to, yeah. that's, oh boy, this book, man, <laughs> it keeps doing it to yes. me. I know. Oh man. And then we get this final showdown between this group of elite uh, clone troopers who look a lot like death troopers uh, from the Rogue One time frame. And th- uh, three Inquisitors mm-hmm. and I don't know, a half dozen, maybe ten of these intimidating looking troopers. And there's no way out for Master Bar and uh, the girl Padawan, the sister of Darren Verla. and Verla. There's her name. But Master, this is a great twist in this book. This is one of those things where it's like another mic drop for Charles Soule. They're cornered. They're, they're really in this cylindrical, this circular room. No doors except for the one they came out from, and it's blocked. And there's no way Master Bar will take on three Inquisitors and all of those troopers before being gunned down. So what he does, mm-hmm. ah, it's, it's amazing. He throws down his lightsaber. And then calls out the Inquisitors using their Jedi names. Which is always, it's always a a stark reminder that the Inquisitors were once Jedis. And the the Inquisitors are just kind of like, eh, so what? Yeah, yeah, we were once a Jedi. Who cares? We're not anymore. And then you start seeing the, the pieces click into place. And Master Bar starts going, oh yeah, those are clones over there, huh? And he uses the force, lifts off their helmets, and goes, well, as I thought, young, from the very last production line, which means they were brought online after the Purge, mm-hmm. as an expendable death squad for the Inquisitorious. Yeah, yeah, you got mm-hmm. it all figured out. You're still going to die. None of that matters. Oh, but I say it does. The past matters. History matters. Truth matters. Once a Jedi, always a Jedi. And then Elaine... What does Master Bar say to close out the issue? And something else that gave me goosebumps. Execute Order 66. Ugh. Killer. Just killer. Yes. Unbelievable. What a way to end this issue. Damn you, Charles Soule. <laughs> yes. I know. <laughs> what an amazing, amazing end to this issue. Like... It might be the best closing of an issue in this run so far of of the 16 issues. Just for him to call down Order 66 on those Jedi. It brings up a couple things. Well, first of all, it brings up... uh, I'm imagining how this is going to play out. I don't know if the clones are going to just automatically turn and start shooting at the Inquisitors. Uh We know at least one of these Inquisitors makes it out because one of these Jokers makes it to the Ahsoka novel. But the other two are up for grabs. So I, I'm I'm imagining yeah. a wild start to issue 17. But this is just so cool. And I, I wonder, Elaine, not, I always thought that only Palpatine could issue that order and have it obeyed. How did how does this make you feel? Does it do you feel like did you feel like Palpatine was the only guy who could who could call down that order or do you think, that, or do you, do you expect to open up issue seventeen, and the clones go, <laughs> no? 
it, see, I, I kind of saw it two different ways. And so I, that's kind of what I thought that um, him saying that it wasn't going to, to do anything and they were, they were just they're just going to fire on him. And then we have to wait for the suspense of, you know, how is he going to get out of it if he does get out of it? Um, but then maybe the maybe any anyone could give the order. And if that's so, then I figured they'd start firing, um, you know, on on the others. And that would give him and Verla a chance to get out of there. So it just leaves me in this the suspense, like I need the next issue. I've got to know how this goes. How is this supposed to go? And we have but another... And he's, he's got his fingers. You know. Sorry, you cut out there for a second. Oh, and, and he's, he's, got it, he's got his hands in that motion, like what we were talking about earlier about how that kind of looks like, you know, like the like his Jedi mind trick. Like maybe he he's like doing something with his hands there and saying that maybe he could get them to fire on one another doing that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's a mind trick completely. Maybe it's got nothing to do with the chip in the clone's head that gets triggered when he yeah. says execute order 66. Maybe it's absolutely 100% yeah. a mind trick. But I I I can imagine total chaos for the start yes. of issue 17 where it's just blaster fire everywhere <laughs> and Inqui every inquisitor for himself and hopefully Master Bar and Verla Making an exit for the door. I don't know if he's. This has got to end somehow with Vader fighting Master Bar, right? We were we were promised that, right? <laughs> I you you would think unless Vader's already gone for on that mission. Oh yeah, he's well. Yeah, he. I think he's gonna catch Lee Char, and then it's. You know what? I'm gonna look. So I'm gonna cheat here. I do this all the time. I cheat. Okay. Okay, okay. The cover of, of Darth Vader 17. Hmm. There's no synopsis here. But the cover looks pretty rad once again. And it's got Master Bar and Vader fighting lightsaber combat on the cover. And then issue 18. Eh, I don't know. What that, that doesn't look like Mon Cala to me. So it looks like issue 17 is the end of this arc. So this this could be a really huge issue. This this could give us Vader capturing yeah. Lee Char, ending the battle on Mon Cala, yeah. and having having the, the Mon Cala sort of resign themselves to the re rebellion for good. And it could also it should also yeah. give us Vader versus Master Master Bar, which we know how that's going to go, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's safe to say. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you find it interesting, though, that they can keep, as long as they need to find a worthy uh, adversary for Darth Vader, they just keep finding new Jedi that escape the Purge? Yeah. It is, it is interesting to me how they, how they keep doing that. I mean, it's, it's early on in the, in the, I think in the first arc, uh, there was Master Kirik Infala and Darth Vader... Uh, killed him and took his lightsaber and his and his kyber crystal. And I, yeah, so they can always they always write themselves a new Jedi for Vader to kill, yeah. which is which is kind of funny because every time they do that, it sort of lessens the effectiveness of Order sixty six. 
And I know there's there was there was thousands and thousands of Jedi. So if if a few slip through, it's not the end of the world or not not completely unexpected. But I, I don't know how often how often do you think they can go to this well and keep giving Vader new fight new Jedi to to hunt down. I mean. I mean, I understand where where you're where you're going with that. Like, I mean, it it's gonna get old, you know, same story, different day kind of thing. But I, I think that um, I think fans relate to it and fans like it. I yeah, I like it too. You know, in a sense, I I see it and I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. it's it's Vader fighting somebody worthwhile. And then I just go, oh wait, but I know how this ends because no Jedi make it out. Now maybe at, yeah. maybe at some point they will. Maybe they'll they'll do something really uh, canon bending at some point, and yeah, he will fight a Jedi that we already know who might survive and live on. Yeah, I, I, in a way, I kind of hope to see them do something bold and something that might have a, a lasting effect on canon. But, yes, and and I would too. I like changing things up and and new things and. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they're kind of constrained by the movies a little bit. But I wouldn't mind seeing them take a really, really bold swing here. Yes, I agree. <clears throat> All right, so that's that's it for issue 16. I mean, if you... You know what's going to be really great? So if, if people listening are, are not yet reading these books, what's going to be super awesome is that issues... I would say issues... Oh man, eleven maybe starting for issue. No, sorry, issues thirteen through seventeen. So that's a nice five-part arc. Is going to be collected mm-hmm. into a trade paperback. Ooh, all five. I'm sure that's how they're going to approach this. They're going to put all five issues into one, and it's really going to be self-contained. It really is going to be self-contained and. Uh, I don't know how many people out there are completists. Like, I'm I'm not going to buy issues 13 through 17 if I don't have 1 through 12. I can't do that, sir. <laughs> but you really can do that in this particular, in this case, because it is an absolutely epic yeah. arc. And it's, it's almost required reading for continuity nerds, people who like the, the, all, the, all the details being brought to life from the Star Wars galaxy. So, so cool. And yes, as Elaine, as, as you know, uh, you read issue 47. You can see how this arc kind of dovetails with the current arc in the main title. They're kind of mingling together a little bit and very loosely, like you don't need to be to read one to understand the other. But it's nice to see that these guys yeah. are talking to one another and making these arcs fit together. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Finally some good synergies being built up here at on, on the comic book front. All right. So that's, that's that. That is us uh, done talking with Vader for now. Did you have any, any more comments you wanted to bring up? This, this is sort of the time where we just sort of get it all out before we, we say goodnight. <laughs> um, I don't think so. I think we covered a lot of the important things that was on my mind uh, when I had read it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like 
mind-bending stuff. Like you don't have to dig too deep here. Like Charles Sewell puts this on a nice big platter for everybody to to digest. Yes. It's not it's I not like super that. cryptic. It's not something that you have to read six times to understand the meaning. It's it's right there for you. This is very much written in a way that uh you can you can just stay in the mindset of watching the Clone Wars series or Rebels or any of these things mm-hmm. and just follow it right along. So, so good. And one thing I particularly enjoyed, and I think this goes back to issue 14, was another flashback, a really effective use of, of the flashback to mm-hmm. that episode or that arc I was mentioning um, where they crown uh, Prince uh, Leechar as king when he takes over. And we see a shot mm-hmm. of our Republic heroes, including Jar Jar. There's Jar Jar, there's Padme, there's Anakin, there's Ahsoka, and there's Kit Fisto. All together, mm-hmm. because those were the heroes from that particular arc on, on the Jedi side. It was, it, it was so cool to yeah. see. I love that they're doing their homework. It's just, it's, it's refreshing. Yes. It's really, really working for me. As you might be able to tell. <laughs> All right. So Elaine, before we close up, um, how did you find your first podcast? I mean, this, this was it. This was your maiden voyage. Yeah. Um, well, I, 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 in February, I joined the um, Twitter um, because I read um, an article that it had the best Star Wars fan base and um around here where i live like no one's really into star wars and you can't really sit down and have an intellectual discussion with anyone they look at me like i've got three eyes or something or three heads or something and um so i joined and i just instantly um i got um hooked up with a skywalker eve and we started this little um she started this message group uh we call it like the main girl the the girl tribe and and we just started talking and, and she podcasts and she just sort of, you know, just sort of fell into place like it was meant to be or something to to be in the Star Wars family. I feel like I'm in a family on Twitter. That is the good side of Twitter. <laughs> that is when Twitter is being yeah. used for good. Yeah. As opposed to some of the nonsense that's that's going on out there now. Really, really messy stuff in all social media, not just Twitter. And I, and I met um, David Jesse, who does the t- Tatooine Sons. Oh, the Jedi um, through Twitter guy. too. So, yes, yes, he's so nice. Um, so I, between him, him and, and Skywalker Eve, I think they, um, you know, opened up a lot of doors for me on Twitter, and I'm very appreciative of that. I'm a big fan of of David and his son Samuel, mm-hmm. and oh boy, now I've Nate. Yeah. Jeez. I don't, that almost Nate, my yeah, mind. yeah. <laughs> BB Nate and Samuel the Hutt. There you go. I, I'm not. I I, I know my you stuff. Samuel the Hutt. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. No. And and of course, you can never say enough good things about about Eve, who, of course, helped, helped brought us together and brought Michelle on board. Yes. So yes. I, I will be in their debt for sure. <laughs> Awesome. What other before? I guess this is a good opportunity just to get to know Elaine a little better. Uh, you're obviously a big Star Wars fan. Are you into any yeah. other nerdy things? 
Oh my gosh, yes. I, w- I think I was born a nerd. It's kind of kind of weird Lay in this area. It's like a lot of nerds. They're, they're men are like around here. The men are nerds, and 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 I'm just like I'm just like one of the guys around around here. So I, I don't really fit in um, with a lot, with a lot of the women around here. Um, I mean, I do have friends. I'm, I'm a nurse. So I'm I got, I got my nurse, I got my nursing friends, you know, but I love all kinds of nerdy things. I like Marvel, DC, um, Lord of the Rings. I love, love all the classic books, Harry Potter. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Um, the sorting hat sorted me into Ravenclaw. I'm very proud of that. Um, I don't know. I just, I just love so many things. Thundercats. 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 Yeah. Oh yeah, I was goodness. born in the 80s, and I, and I love the Thundercats. <laughs> nice call. That's a that's a pretty deep slice. I loved the, the Thundercats yeah. as a kid as well. Like, they were so fun. I I, I think we had them uh-huh. all between my brother and I. Lion yeah. and, and Panthro, Mumra. <laughs> yeah. Hydra. Chitara. Yeah, Chara, yeah exactly. <laughs> we had all those guys, and... Did you you know they had a, a a rebooted cartoon a couple years ago? Oh yes, I saw that and I, and I liked it too. It was really good. All the you know it all was. the old really cartoons was. from when the from animation when, was it was on point. It was so it was really really well done. But all the cartoons from when you and I were kids have all kind of been updated in the last I say ten years or so, and they're all so good. Uh-huh. Like even He Man. Yeah. I think they did a, did a He-Man reboot maybe 10 or 12 years ago. Oh, yeah. I loved He-Man. It was so good. Yeah. Really, really supposed, good stuff. They're supposed to be doing a reboot of She-Ra, too. I saw an article, and I got super excited about that. Did that ever come to pass? I don't know. I just read an article, and they said that they were talking about the reboot, and I haven't seen... I only saw the one article, and I haven't seen anything else about it since. I'll have to I'll have to look into it to see. My daughter would love She-Ra. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. My daughter is huge into Wonder Woman. She absolutely adores Wonder Woman. Oh, I do love Wonder Woman, definitely. Definitely love Wonder Woman. Now, on, on New Year's Eve, this past New Year's Eve... Uh, she couldn't sleep for whatever reason. She just could not. Actually, she woke up at like 11 o'clock at night, 1130 at night. She was, I don't know, having a bad night's sleep. And she we couldn't get her back to sleep. So we're like, okay, you know what? Enough. Just come downstairs with me and mommy. We'll, we'll watch Wonder Woman, the the recent movie. And she sat there and it was uh-huh. like, she like, it was watching her fall in love on the spot. She stayed up with us till till almost two in the morning, and she the next day on New Year's Day, can I watch Wonder Woman again? Sure. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and then when it was over, can I watch it again? And I think we've seen Wonder Woman. Oh boy, it might be the superhero movie I've seen the most now. <laughs> nice. Thank thank goodness it's a really good movie. So I have no problem when my, yeah. when my daughter <laughs> says I want to watch Wonder Woman. No problem. Go grab the disc and we'll put it on. Yeah. Now, are you into any Marvel or DC comics? Or is comics really just a new thing for you? Um, when I was younger, um, I read the X-Men comics. Um, yes. But 
um, I haven't like read any, um, you know, recent comics until I started reading the Star Wars ones, which I'm enjoying those pretty well. That's awesome. There's, and there's, there's a lot to love. I mean, if, if, I don't know how deep you're going to want to get into reading comics, but I think you would also really get a kick out of Dr. Aphra. It is, yeah. it's, it's kind of Star Wars meets Indiana Jones. <laughs> nice. In a, in a feisty and very, very <laughs> sarcastic and funny uh, character, Dr. Aphra. She's, she's fantastic. I think you might really, really dig that. Um, X-Men. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. An X-Men fan. like Yes. <laughs> did you read the Chris Claremont stuff from the 80s, or were you more of a 90s X-Men person? Um, I, it was probably more of the 90s. That was probably more, more uh, uh, accessible to me um, at that time, probably as a kid. So uh, re, re, did you watch the, the 90s X-Men cartoon? I think X-Men 92? Oh, yeah. Yep, every Saturday morning. <laughs> Have you given that cartoon a go in the last few years? No, no, I haven't watched in the last few years. <laughs> I would say preserve your memories. Preserve, okay. preserve the nostalgia of it and don't watch it again. <laughs> it's um, Time has not necessarily been kind to that show. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I appreciate what they did. In pulling out all the big arcs from, from the from Chris Claremont's runs, but yeah, whew. <laughs> better off on the page, I would think at this point. But I'm glad to know that you, uh, you're an X Men person. Never enough X Men people in my yep. world. I, you know, <laughs> I kept I kept trying to get back into them. I'd say in the last five years, and Marvel just keeps pulling the mm -hmm. rug out from fans. Like they keep rebooting and I'm like, wait a minute, you just put a number one out. Why is there another one? And why do you have four different yeah. X-Men titles? I don't understand. Yeah. Like you could really spend $15, $20 a month on X-Men comics. And wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's frustrating. I wish they would just stick to one, maybe two titles. I, I know in the nineties in the we yeah. had, uh, well, even in the 80, late 80s, early 90s, we got with the uncanny X-Men and then just plain old X-Men. That, uh -huh. that, that was the Jim Lee book. And I, I was buying both those. But then it just started splintering off into you know, Rogue had a book and Wolverine, of course, had a book and Cable got a book and everybody had a book. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it, it became too much. Oh, good. So I, I know that we can talk about this stuff, too, from time to time. Like, Steve and I would tangent yeah. off into other things <laughs> at, at certain points in time. And we love our tangents here. Yeah. But I think, Elaine, that'll do for, for this month on Journal of, Journals of the Willing. All right. So, Sounds as, good. as we like to do, uh, since it's your first show and we're just introducing you to our group, uh, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter, assuming you want people to know. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, it's at Elaine underscore Judson, J-U-D-S-O-N. My that's my maiden name. So Elaine underscore Judson. 
on the Under- Twitter machine. That's in JD. Yep, on Twitter. Yep. <laughs> I, I will. I will. I will put a link to your Twitter profile in in the post for this podcast, which uh, which will be going out to the powerful friends. I hope. I hope you guys enjoy this. Come say hello, hello to Elaine and welcome her to the team. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you, Elaine, for joining us, and thank you everybody for listening to Journals of the Willing this month. Let us know how we did. We promise that we'll try and do better next time, <laughs> as they say. On <clears throat> my, throat, my voice is leaving me again. Uh oh. As they say on PTI, we'll we'll do better than do better the next time. But of course, they don't really mean that because we're doing yes. just fine as it is. <laughs> and if you, if there's anything you want us to read or break down, uh, let us know that too, and uh, we'll see we'll see what we can do. And who knows who else is going to show up on this podcast in the future? Maybe yeah. maybe Steve will be back again. Thanks to Steve for helping me get this this show off the ground to begin with. And uh, maybe Michelle will join us. Who knows? But that's all for this month. Mm-hmm. Thanks everybody for listening. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to Journals of the Willing from the Tumbling Saber team, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Learn more about the network and its members at StarWarsCommonwealth.com.